www.blakeradio.com. Because they 
gave me a drink of water when I was thirsty. They gave me food when I was hungry. They clothed me when I was naked. And he said, when did we do these things? And they said, and Jesus said, you did it to the least of my brethren so they could come into the kingdom because of that. Now, it wasn't the deed that earned them the right to come into the kingdom. They're still brought into the kingdom by the grace of God. But it was because something was in their heart that was compatible with Christ. They sacrificed something of themselves for somebody else. And why that particular... It didn't say, because you gave it to my enemy. It said, because you gave it to the least of my brethren. They evidently recognized something in the least of his brethren that they thought they ought to contribute to and assist and help and aid. And so they did that. And Christ saw them do that and knew why they did that. If you did it just so you can get into the kingdom of heaven, you give it to charity so that everybody thinks well of you or that God thinks well of you, that's not what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about those who gave it to the least of my brethren because they recognized that these were the brethren of Christ. The Pharisees didn't recognize Christ they didn't know God and God was, God was not in them and they were not compatible with the spirit and on how many ways you can say it they had theology they had doctrine they had things you had to believe in but they were not doers of the word they actually were doing contrary to the word they were fighting against God creating the kingdom by force I was working earlier this morning on an article, uh, Not So Secure Socialism. And I'll probably send that out to News with You. It has a few of our articles up. I should be sending out those articles every week. I should be concentrating probably on that and sending those articles out and sending out a Kingdom newsletter every week as those articles appear. Because as soon as I did finally get out a newsletter, we had some technical difficulties with the newsletter, and and uh, and also I get distracted by so many people wanting me to do so many different things and pulling on my time and energy, and also I have to take care of my family and the needs here. But uh, I get distracted from the newsletter. But as soon as I put out a newsletter, which didn't really have that much in it. Uh, more people signed up for the Kingdom News. More people signed up on the local network. Now, many of those people that sign up on the local network will probably drop away. They'll probably not get involved. They will probably not pick a contact minister on that group to put them in with the rest of the people. They will sit there and get emails and emails, and they won't mention anything to anybody or become a part of anything or volunteer for anything or contribute to anything. They will sit there because they are spectators. That's why they're on the Internet. They aren't doers. They're sitting in front of their computers. They'll sit there and say, oh, yeah, I like that. I agree with that. Oh, I don't agree with that. All right, yeah, that, that's right. Uh, but they're not doers. They say, yay, yay, but they don't do anything. And that's very important. Christ said, not those who say, Lord, Lord, but those who do it the will actually have to be doers it's not about getting your head knowledge all straightened out although um, we've had a number of uh, different uh, the groups that are trying to form congregations and some that have formed congregations of record that have actually gone back and started reading the books and and some of the articles and they're kind of blown away they have never read the book now, you don't have to read the books, but if you read the books, you may find your ideas changing. But it's not enough to change your ideas. You have to become a doer, a doer of the work. Now, on the contact ministers group, now, those are people that have volunteered to become doers of something. Help people come in contact with other people in their local area. That's a doer. That's something to do. 
Somebody said, okay, you volunteer, I accept. You be my contact minister. You help out me stay in contact with others. And so that means the, the, the contact minister and that individual have to stay in contact. They have to keep each other informed of what's going on. The contact minister tells that individual what's going on on the contact minister's group, and that individual lets the contact minister know what's going on in his life. That's the beginning of what the ministry is all about. It's not the fullness of the ministry, but it's the beginning. It's a step in the direction of the kingdom. Because the kingdom has living altars of stone. Everybody's an altar of clay. Everybody must make sacrifices to God by loving one another, helping one another, contributing to the needs of one another, true needs of one another. And sometimes one way to contribute to the needs of uh, someone is to give them nothing because they need to learn to stand on their own feet. But sometimes it actually means helping them out. And that is to know when those times are depends on your connection with Christ and the character of Christ in you. Because Christ didn't answer every question that was put to him. You tell me nothing, so I tell you nothing. You say this, but you do that. You know, Jesus had to deal with the contentious spirits of people who wanted to be more involved with doctrines and dogmas and theologies than actually tending to the weightier matters. What are those weightier matters? Law, judgment, mercy, and faith. Every day I hear about somebody getting run over by the government bulldozer bureaucracy out there that uh, controls the lives of so many people. Somebody sent me a video today of all the, the people that suddenly died wanting to testify about the events on 911. It was inconclusive, but it was interesting uh, that some people with very definite sources of information willing to testify, wanting to testify, just before they testified, went into their shed and hung themselves. Even though they had said on radio that they did not intend to commit suicide, they were had every intention of going and testifying. But just before they testified, they decided to go into their shed early in the morning and hang themselves from a steel beam. Now, suspicious, yeah. Other people suddenly shot themselves. Other people suddenly poisoned themselves. Other people's planes suddenly crashed. Coincidence, maybe. Lots of coincidences. I've seen this before in history where suddenly people who have testimony or evidence suddenly start dying off left and right. Is there really that many suicides? in the world? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. A lot of suspicious activity. But these are the things that I don't know. I'm curious about them. I'm curious about things like the Trinity. I'm curious. What, what does that mean? I mean, the word's not in the Bible. And this is what the individual kept writing, wanted me to make some sort of commitment on this. Uh, I know what's said in the Bible, but I don't necessarily agree with your interpretation. I mean, Jesus says, ye also are God. What does he mean? I'm not a God. Well, but Jesus said I am. Ye also are God. Well, what's he talking about? Well, that's an interesting question. And I'm beginning to understand, I think, as to what he's talking about, and I write books about it. <laughs> I make I make eyes, but I'm not going to tell you what you have to think, because you have to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You have to come to know Christ yourself, so that you can actually recognize Christ in the people who serve Christ, the least of his brethren, so that you can give them a drink of water, or clothe them, or help them. You know, speaking of clothe them when they were naked. What does he mean? I mean, how many naked guys do you find running around that you have to clothe? 
mean, is that a very common event that people are finding naked guys running around without any clothes and they have to give them some clothes? Or is he talking of uh, the precept, principle, an idea? I mean, if you read the Old Testament, the people are supposed to make the underwear for those. That's right. They're supposed to make their underwear. They had to make it out of linen. Well, what was that all about? Well, why can't they make their own underwear? <laughs> why don't they just buy it? I mean, you know, fruit of the loom kind of thing. No, the people were supposed to make the underwear for the Levites. You really think God put that in there, that they have to make the underwear of the Levites? Or was he trying to tell you something else? They weren't supposed to go up by steps. The Levites were told not to go up by steps because somebody might see their nakedness. And just to make sure that nobody looked up their robes and saw their nakedness, the people were supposed to make their underwear. You really just talking about underwear and going up really so that people don't peek underneath his robe? You know, if you go back to things talking about the serpent in and, and, and Hebrew and the language and you start seeing a connection between words, the serpent was naked. Suddenly the... Where's the fig leaf? Well, well, what is that? Oh, naked. Naked has to do without authority. Without any personal authority. You, you don't have any authority except what God gives you. God clothes you with authority. But God didn't clothe Satan with authority on this planet. So how does Satan get authority on this planet? Because according to the New Testament, he had control of every government there was. Well, God didn't provide that he had control of every government there was. People who create government give him control. God doesn't create governments. You create governments. The only government that God created is the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, God is king and nobody else rules over you. You don't bow down to any other gods but the God. And that's the way it works. But is that the way it works with you today, in the world today? You have to bow down and serve other men who call themselves gods or benefactors who exercise authority. Well, that's come about because of what you did while you were worrying about your theology and your doctrines and your churches and your crystal cathedrals and your altar calls and how many people came up and accepted Jesus today and don't even know Jesus, wouldn't even recognize Jesus. They certainly don't know the gospel of the kingdom. They think they're waiting for the kingdom to come to them. We're supposed to be seeking it. I think that was pretty clear in the book. Have you been seeking the kingdom and... What was the other thing you were supposed to seek? Seeking the kingdom of God and... God's righteousness. Is it righteous to take from your neighbor so that you will be socially secure? Is it right to... bomb your enemy? Even if you don't even know who your enemy is? You just bomb them all. Actually, you know a preacher who said, you know, after 911, he says, nuke them. That's what we're supposed to do to, uh, what was that, Iraq at that time, I guess. We're supposed to nuke them because of 911. I don't think Christ would have suggested that. I mean, 18, 19 guys supposedly fly some planes into a building and maybe get some support from some people. I mean, one of the people they got support from was an ally of the United States. You know, a general in Pakistan. I wired him a bunch of money. One of those guys. Perpetrator, supposedly. And actually was having meetings with government officials. We nuke Pakistan. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's a, you know, like somebody's robbing the bank and you want to nuke it. You don't even know who's in there. You're going to kill all those people 
because some dictatorial authority or a few wackos uh, finance something? I don't get that. That's a regular my lie attitude. For those of you who can remember history, you just kill them. Kill them all. Just shoot them all. Because they're there? That's not Christ-like. But that's the way people go when they're not really living in the spirit of Christ. And how do they get there? I mean, uh, Germany, France, they were all going to church, but they were killing each other in World War II, invading each other's country. Well, how did that come about? Because they don't really believe in God, they believe in government. You know, if without government, people would kill each other. With government, we can do it in an organized fashion. We can kill 29 million people in this country if we get together and form a government. I'm using that number from World War II. I'm sure we can kill a lot more than that. We're getting more and more efficient. And, I, and that is probably what's going to happen, which is why it's so important to start building this network of people who actually care about each other. And it's really hard to find those people who actually care about each other. I can find you all kinds of people who want to be free, but I can't find you people that want to become doers of the word, which is to love one another as I have loved you, to feed his sheep. So we're looking for ministers. We're looking for men who want to become ordained ministers of the church. In other words, comply with the uh, appointment of Christ and become servants of a network of people who are open charity. The amount of sacrifice that's going to be called for is immense in order to get through the days ahead. I mean, it, it would if I could explain it all to you, you would just be overwhelmed. But what are you sacrificing today? You have learning how to do that, to become like Christ, who gave his life. How do you do that? You take your time, and you sacrifice some of your time. You sacrifice some of your pride. And one of the projects we talk about is an ID project. No, we have, we've gone a long way on that. But I wanted somebody else to construct the website that verifies the ID. We got somebody who's done some of the software, but I want, I don't, I could go and do it all myself. But then I can't do other things, and I think I should be doing other things. But I think more important, people have to work together to get something done. They have to give up their time, their energy, their pride, and concede and consent to get something done without somebody standing over them saying, get it done, get it done, get it done. Because somebody in their heart says, I need to get this done. Not for me, but for other people who I care about, who I don't even know. I'm going to cast my bread and my time, my energy on the water and get it done. There are several other projects that we could be doing as a community, as a group become those doers and we'll talk about that in the next part of the show. You're listening to FirstAmendmentRadio.com Worldwide. Freedom is never free. We need your support today at FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Gold and silver is tremendously undervalued. Global demand vastly exceeds mine supply by more than 60% annually. There is little in the financial world more certain than a coming explosion in the prices of gold and silver. The U.S. dollar continues to lose value and respect as the world's reserve currency. Our nation faces challenges on many fronts, and a day doesn't pass without another economist bringing forth warnings of impending economic calamity. There has never been a better time than right now to acquire physical gold and silver. 
Discount Gold and Silver Trading was founded on the principles of truth and honesty. We believe in providing a quality product, quality service, and most importantly, competitive pricing. We provide all forms of precious metals, including American gold, silver, platinum, and rare investment and circulated coins. Silver bars, rounds, and 90% silver bags are on hand for the silver investor. Gold self-directed IRAs are available. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. Toll free, that's 1-800-375-4188. The history books, the most often asked Southerners was this, why did you fight? And the most often given answer is, because you're here. In other words, the South did not invade the North, the North invaded the South. Was it the Civil War or... War of Federal Aggression. John Weaver sets the record straight in this DVD series on the Civil War from the old past Christians. Was there a war to set the slaves free, or was it a war to enslave us all? Get this DVD and judge for yourself. War of Federal Aggression. Get this DVD presentation for a donation of $25 from FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Order online today at FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Call 559-781-3773. The truth seems strange only because we've been indoctrinated with a fiction. War of Federal Aggression. Get it today. Hi, Nicholas here. I used to lug those big jugs to the market to fill with water from those coin-operated filter machines. 25 cents a gallon or 5 gallons for a buck. I used to. Then I got the big Berkey. Now I save my back and hundreds of dollars too. I was paying $600 for the same 3,000 gallons of water that a pair of black Berkey filters will provide for my own tap for only $99. This means that your Berkey water system will entirely pay for itself with only 1,500 gallons of use. And then you will still have 1,500 gallons left before you need to replace the filters. Do the math. Stop throwing your money away on bottled water and filter dispensers that may or may not be delivering as promised. For a limited time, First Amendment Radio is offering 10% off on the most popular Berkey water systems. Visit the shopping page at FirstAmendmentRadio.com or call us at 559-781-3773 for more information. Leave your name and address and we'll send you this special offer. Do it now. First Amendment Radio is an authorized distributor of Berkey products. talking about keys of the kingdom again we're talking about the nature of the kingdom what we can do to become seekers of that kingdom and its righteousness uh there's going to be a retreat in the alabama area sponsored by uh jeffrey from uh, uh, south carolina at his at uh, his church at fort mill and if you want to go to that, it's in less than a couple of weeks, you got only a couple of days to let them know so that they can reserve enough space at the retreat grounds in Alabama. I believe it's up in northern Alabama, but I'm not sure exactly where the town is uh, located. Uh, we included some information in the Kingdom newsletter about that, and of course you can write us at isholychurch.org and put the word church in the subject line. and ask us a question there's places ways you can ask us questions on the internet uh, or you could call us here at the church and I won't give out the number right now because you'll be calling during the program we would like to make the this program a call-in program we have the capability now to do that but we're looking for guests that would be uh, appropriate to have on to have meaningful conversation and if you have an idea of some guests or know some people that are knowledgeable that may want to come on, let us know, and we will schedule that in. And we will announce it on the Kingdom Newsletter, which everybody should be subscriber to. In the last few shows, I've been reading out of the book, That Kingdom Comes, which is right here before me, making lots of noise. Uh, no, actually, I was reading out of the Free Church Report, I believe. This is, uh, uh, that Kingdom Come is what they've been using in some of the other congregations to begin the study group. It's amazing the number of people that were joined had not read any of the books. And uh, some of the people reading the books are actually getting all blown away that they're realizing there's a lot more information. They're getting a lot more excited about because these books are 
full of information you will not get in your regular churches. They're well documented. Uh, there's over 800 footnotes in, in the Covenants of the Gods. Maybe not the best, although uh, you start wherever God leads you. But you should be looking at the material and coming together and actually becoming those. Design of the Free Church Report, I talk about congregations, and, and this has been a contention uh, for the last several hundred years. Or do you belong to the church? Do you belong to the chapel? Do you belong to the congregation? Because of this uh, uh, whole Catholic Pope uh, dominance in the Protestant Reformation, and what should we be doing? Should we be going to church or chapel? Uh, and all of that comes out of precepts and concepts that came about in the previous 500 years, and all that came about to a number of reform efforts, often by sword and spear, <laughs> uh, and even by torture, that came about the 500 years before. So, what we've we've done is we've created this huge wine skin of spoiled wine, and we've dumped out the spoiled wine, and people try to fill it back up again with a new religion, a new congregation, a new church. And they're simply putting their new wine into old wineskins. We need to go back to the beginning. We need to go back to where we were at the beginning with Christ. About. What is he saying we should be doing? What is he saying the church is? Now, he didn't even use the word church. That's an English word that comes from church a but there is a word ecclesia we see in the greek he probably didn't use that word either because he probably was not preaching in greek he known greek and he may have used greek terms but in the bible we see the you know the oldest copies that we have without going to the pastilla or or other aramaic copies or fragments we see the word ecclesia which we translate into church. Now, there, at the beginning of translating the Bible into English, there was a somewhat of a controversy whether you should even put the word church there. And I agree with that controversy. But you have to put something there. And, the, and of course, we know we've got thousands upon thousands of people defining what the church means, what the word means. But what did Christ say it means? What was Christ talking about? And why the word ecclesia? There's a dozen different words you could put there that all mean assembly. But they used the word ecclesia, which really means literally called out. Now, it was used often in those days when people were called out of a corrupt government to meet outside the city walls to decide whether or not they would support. And, and you see a semblance of that with guys uh, like Gandhi, who was uh, living in India uh, under an oppressive colonial regime of the English. And he would, they would have strikes where everybody would not go to work in the government offices or any offices. And everybody, I mean, the buses would shut down. Uh, everything was shut down because by the people. And when all the work was shut down, that was, they called that a strike. But that was almost an ecclesia in itself, at least in some forms of its usage during the corrupt city-state of Greece. That if they, you know, rather than simply vote in some other guy who's going to go along with the standard operating procedures of the bureaucracy, all the people said, look, you guys need us more than we need you. We're going out of the city gates and we're going to meet enough people to come out the government would have to have a referendum and look at how they're doing things and change things and we see the same thing going on at the time of Moses in the golden calf when he called out everybody who would follow the ways of the Lord separated them out and then sent them back in by his authority. To 
So today we see people shutting the gates in the world. You can't go here without this state ID. You can't go out without a passport. You can't, you know, unless you're a Mexican, you can't come into this country without a passport. Um, what, what, what is the deal? They're, they're, they're controlling the gates, sort of. Controlling your travel. They're controlling whether you can get a job. They're controlling all kinds of things. The fact is, Christ is a jurisdiction. Christ preached a kingdom that has a jurisdiction. A lot of people say, oh, yeah, Christ is, but they deny the power of the gospel of the kingdom. And, of course, that's why they have no power. Because they deny exactly what Christ came to do. For this cause, I came into the world to be a king. And he appoints. I appoint unto you a kingdom, as my Father has appointed unto me. That's the church. And he called these men out to be these ambassadors, these public servants. He didn't just call them out to disobey the laws, but they ended up doing contrary to the decrees of Caesar. Because they said there was another king, Jesus, who said, do this. The Christians today are actually doing the opposite of what Christ said and calling themselves followers of Christ. And one of the reasons they're doing the opposite of what Christ said is because the ministers are not preaching the gospel of the kingdom. So it's a vicious circle. So they're over here running around, chasing their tails, not listening to Christ, not following Christ, not doing what he says, not doers of the word. They're saying, Lord, Lord, but they're not doers of the word. And they're praying to the benefactors who exercise authority, and what should have been for their welfare has become a snare. And I'm saying, let's go the other way. Let's wean or go cold turkey or whatever from the benefactors who exercise authority and become the benefactors of faith, hope, and charity, which is the church. Now, the church is ordained ministers of Christ who are abiding by the appointment of Christ and the dictates of Christ to be his ministers. You cannot be one of my disciples unless. And so you got this group over here to do what? To go in and out the gates, pass through the gates that they're saying you can only pass through if you're one of our children, and yet we can go through those gates because we're one of his children. And that's true by law. And if they go against that, they go against their own law. Because out of their own mouth, thou sayest that we are a separate jurisdiction. We have to be that in fullness. To do what? To become the benefactors of the people who do not exercise authority over the other because the benefactors who exercise authority, their welfare shall be a snare to you. So don't tell me you believe in Christ and you are not working daily, not only to save yourself from the benefactors who exercise authority, but to save others. That means you have to come together in congregations of people, gatherings of people, working daily to set everyone free, to return every man to his family and every man to his possessions so that he may make the choice as to what he wishes to contribute to society, to his neighbor, to the welfare of his community. And once he has that choice, he, he needs to clothe the nakedness of his ministers because we're, we're, we're naked. The ministers of Christ are naked. We don't even have our own underwear unless you make it for us. You've got to make our covering. You make that by recognizing us by two or more witnesses, which is what we use in creating a contact minister. You've got to have two people recognize this guy will be my contact minister, this guy will be my contact minister. You got two guys, okay, you got an agreement, we recognize that agreement. Very simple concept. Now we have to expand it out into a network that is actually doing something other than sending emails. That means you have to touch each other's lives in real ways. In real time. For the living, not for the dead. That's the kingdom. 
in order to do that, you have to find the people that are nearest you and make physical contact. Greet each other with a holy kiss, a physical contact. To be there for each other, to become that buddy system times 10. That's what you need to do. You need to be still and know what God wants you to do with each other when you come together. But you need to actually come together because wherever two or more gather together in my name, my character, my way, my righteousness, there also I am. Just coming together and singing isn't enough. You have to bear fruit. You have to be of help to one another. The rest of page nine, we talk about incorporation. What is the body of Christ? Maybe you incorporate something, you give something of yourself, your power of choice into that body. And I always I give this example of the fact that corporation is two or more people gathered together for a particular purpose as if it was one person under a pre-existing authority. Holy matrimony, the union of man and woman for one purpose as if they were one body, one flesh, no more twain, under a pre-existing authority, God. Marriage is the same thing, marriage by the state is the same thing, but under the pre-existing authority of the state. Holy matrimony versus marriage. You can look it up. Now you could call holy matrimony something else, holy union or whatever, but the point is the matron is unioned with the, uh, the husband. The matron is brought into the family of the husband. If, the, if, if she becomes pregnant and is going to have a child and the husband dies, his father and his father's family, his uncles, etc., they are responsible for the well-being of that woman and the child. Now, you could do it the other way, and that's what we see with Naomi and Ruth. She didn't have a child, so she could literally go back to her own family, but she stayed with her mother-in-law and her husband's family, which was only her mother-in-law at that time, and eventually Boaz. But you, you can do it a lot of different ways, but that's basically what's going on there. The holy matrimony is under the authority of God, and that is the first corporation. And that is the corporation of God, is the family. Now, the, we create other kinds of corporations, and we call them government. But what is the church? Is the church a corporation? Well, yeah, in, in a way it is. It's the body of Christ. In order to become that body of Christ, the ministers need to give up something of themselves to Christ and no longer act according to their purposes, but to turn themselves over to acting only for Christ's purposes. That's a pretty big job. The ministers of the church are literally the new Levites, or what the Levites should have been. Now, the Levites were that to some degree at the beginning, but by the time Christ came along, they were pretty much in apostasy. There were a few that were still striving, and we'll go into that some other time, but basically it was a mess, and it's a mess today. So we're looking for ministers. I don't care what your background is. We're looking for men who want to help others seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That means living by faith, hope, and charity, not force. Until John the Baptist, everybody tried to create the kingdom of God by force, by compelling. But John the Baptist said, no, we got to do this by free choice every day not binding people together with contracts, covenants, and constitution, another book available. All our books are now available on the net. 
But if you want to know where they're available on the net, you have to join the Living Network and Tag Minister, and they'll tell you because I'm not telling you. Now, I'll, I'll, occasionally I'll make an exception, but I want to see you reaching out to help others through the network, and then you get a free copy. If you won't do that, you're on your own. Because you, you don't want to really become doers of the Word. You have to care about others to be doers of the Word. So the church, as far as the ordained ministers of the church, are the corporation of Christ. Corporation, uh, Christ is another king. He's not Caesar. He's not the New World Order. He didn't sign the United Nations Charter. He uh, didn't sign the Hague Convention. Uh, I don't. Uh, uh, he's not a part of the World Bank. Uh, he does not apply for benefits, and he's our king. And we have to turn our lives over to him and do what he said to do, which is to feed his sheep, to return every man to his family and every man to his possession, to go back to a system based on free will choice, serving God because God is God, and there are no other gods before him. And we're not going to make any covenants that force anybody to contribute to the church. You know, no pledges. But you have to become doers of the word so that we may bear witness that you are doers of the word. I, I'm not expecting a call, so I'll let that go. I'll let somebody else answer that if they'll get to it. <laughs> I can. That was, uh, that was somebody... Not really a part of the network, but uh, one of the associates calling during the radio program. He probably forgot that I'm on. <laughs> but uh, uh, anyway, uh, we're uh, uh, looking down here at this page nine, and we're talking about some of these incorporations of man, Cain, uh, Nimrod, Pharaoh. Uh, these are all corporations that men create where they do this with covenants and contracts. They usually do it by offering benefits. They're the benefactors who exercise authority one over the other. And we're not to be that way because that's the way other governments operate. When Jesus was appointing the kingdom of the apostles, he says, you are not to be like the other princes of the other governments, of the other nations. So they were literally the princes of the kingdom. They were the ruling government of that kingdom. But they didn't rule uh, with Rush Resh, uh, Shem Rush Resh. They ruled as leaders, saying this is a good way to do it, and people thought about it, and they either agreed or didn't agree. They either contributed to that effort or they didn't contribute to that effort. That is the free government. Any other government where your leaders can say, yes, you must do it this way, or else we will punish you, well, that's your Pharaoh, that's your Caesars. But by the same token, you can't rule over your leaders, and you have to do it this way, or I won't go with you, or I will take this from you, or I will use... You know, like, uh, actually I've seen a situation fairly recently where they tried to exercise authority by using other institutions to shut us down. They actually tried to use an institution to, to strangle us financially. Um, and yet they think that we're dictators. <laughs> we haven't strangled anybody financially. We haven't tried to use any institution or government to strangle anybody financially. But people don't realize how much of the Pharaoh is in them, how much of Egypt is in them. So you can take man out of Egypt, that's pretty easy, but you can't take Egypt out of the man. So the, this idea of coming together simply for service, you still have a right to choose, but you have to do some real soul searching. Am I making others follow me? You know, and I've always tried to be extremely accommodating, but I found out that I've actually 
and I've been reprimanded by other brothers here in this area, that I'm too accommodating and it distracts me from what I should be doing because I'm trying to help them do what they say they need to do. And I need to stick to my guns and do what I need to do. And if they want to come along, they want me to help them, they're great. But the kingdom is very clear that it was a network of people who came together, not an unincorporated association, but bound only by faith, by hope, by charity. They believed that if I cast my bread upon the waters, it may come back to help me. And they had the hope that it did. And they had the charity enough to cast their bread upon the waters. And that's the cycle we need to be involved in. An endless spiral up toward God rather than the spiral that we've been involved in for the last thousand years away from the kingdom and straight towards Rome and destruction. On the next page, we talk about the conversation in heaven. In Philippians 3.20, Paul talks about our conversation being in heaven. The word conversation here is from the Greek word polytuma, which actually means the administration of civil affairs, form of government of the laws by which it is administered of citizens. That is what the kingdom of God is. It is our government. It is where we look to for leadership and aid and assistance and charity. So those of you who are going to see us on the talk show, You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net.